do yourself a favor and come to worship here at St. George's or at Calvary, depending on your schedule. It's just such a, such a special thing. Um, okay, well, that said, we're going to get going. We're going to hear from uh, Tanner, then we're going to sing some. And then uh, we have two incredible talks this morning, and hopefully we'll keep the coffee stocked back there. So welcome if you've just gotten here, and uh, uh, welcome back if you were here last night. Tanner Olson. Good morning. I was, I was eight years old the first time my grandma told me to slow down. My brother and I were 35 minutes away from home spending a weekend with grandma and grandpa in Deland, Florida. On our first day with our grandparents, they took us to KFC for dinner. It was, uh, it was four in the afternoon, but we were told that this was dinner and not a snack. And as a kid, as a kid, I believed chaos. KFC was what kings and queens ate at their banquet tables. I can't remember who suggested we go there to eat, but but it was probably me. I've always had a sophisticated palate. My brother, he would eat whatever you put in front of him, but I was the difficult child. I know you're shocked. I was a picky eater, only wanting what can best be described as fair food. And to this day, fried chicken tops my list of favorite foods, followed closely by biscuits and mashed potatoes, all of which are served at Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> when it came to food, Colonel Sanders knew exactly what he was doing, and when it came to my health, I had no regard. Also, it was the 90s. What did we know? Obviously, nothing. But the inviting scent of fried chicken wrapped its arms around us as we walked through the doorway. And a bell rang as we entered the restaurant, almost to announce that we had made the correct decision. I stopped and looked around as if we had just entered a sacred space. And perhaps we had. Our grandpa told us that we could get whatever we'd like. Challenge accepted. So I pointed to three things on the poorly lit menu. Fried chicken. Biscuits and mashed potatoes. And moments later, I was handed a plate full with the lingering words, you got it, buddy? Oh, I got it. I carefully navigated my way between empty tables to the highly coveted corner booth, and since it was four in the afternoon, we had our pick of empty seats. And while the others ordered, I sat patiently admiring what laid before me. Fried chicken, mm, biscuits, mashed potatoes. Was I a king? No, but also, yes. I tried to wait, but the intoxicating scent put a spell right over me, stealing away my self-control and leading me into a moment of weakness. It started with just a nibble of the crispy skin of a chicken like, oh, Lord, lead me not into temptation. It's something that I did not think because this taste led me shoveling food into my mouth as, I had, as if I had not eaten for days. There was not a bad bite to be taken. Crumbs fell to my already stained t-shirt. My feet, unable to reach the floor, swung with joy. You would think that my jaw was battery operated as it opened and shut without any signs of stopping. And my torso, it did that dance. You know, the happy dance. You just like, you just eating. It's like, it's like, it's like, did that the whole time. Before I knew it, the food was gone. It was like I was a magician. I swallowed my last bite as my brother and grandparents stepped to the table with their plates. And to their surprise... I had already finished my meal, and Grandma was not happy. Where did your food go? We didn't even say grace, and I wanted to tell her, Grandma, I've been thanking God with every single bite, but, <laughs> but I knew not to push it. And for the next 20 minutes, I watched in silence as the three of them slowly ate their dinner, and Grandma continued to lecture me about how eating fast wasn't good for me and how it was rude to eat before others had gotten their food. I felt two kinds of full. 
overfull and shameful. Every few minutes, Grandma would mutter how I was going to feel sick, and she was right. I had those, you know, that burp just kept happening. My stomach was beginning to turn as it worked overtime, attempting to process the already processed food. And I thought my scolding was over, but Grandma continued to tell me time and time again that I needed to learn how to slow down. I needed help. And I know those two words were spoken with love and sincerity, but I couldn't help but feel a little guilty. And she went on to tell me that life was not meant to be rushed through, but to enjoy. From a young age, I've always had a difficult time believing that. I've always believed the lie that life is a race and I am somehow behind, that I need to speed up and get ahead. But I've had those two words rolling around my head ever since she spoke them to me again and again and again that afternoon in the back corner booth at the KFC. And there are days, there are days when I remember them, but more often than not, those two words are pretty far from my mind. Sometimes... For us, sometimes it is the truth that is the hardest to remember. I know that I've rushed through meals and moments. I've dreamed of being older when I was younger and younger as I grow old. I've blown through celebrations, emotions, and conversations. But those two words, those two words continue to remain, to slow down. Anyways, here's a poem about slowing down. It's titled, Walk a Little Slower. And it's from my book titled, Walk a Little Slower. And it... uh, It goes like this. I think today I'll walk a little slower and breathe a little deeper. I'll leave my phone face down inside and give my eyes a rest to see beauty beyond a screen. I'll grab a light jacket so I can still feel the cold wind. Hold your hand until it gets sweaty and I'll let go, but but I'll never let go. I'll walk below and between shadows, cut through the field, cross the street when the car is clear today. Today I want to find myself beneath the limbs of the trees and later on below a few million stars and maybe, maybe we'll see a dog or bump into old friends or both. And I'm not counting steps or miles, but I'm just walking because for now I can. And I don't know what the future holds if my days left are long or short or, well, you get it. Maybe grief is around the corner or a missed call on my face down phone back inside. Maybe there is good news in my inbox or a miracle waiting in the welcome of the next month. And in the morning, in the morning, I'll sit a little longer and drink a little deeper. I'll, I'll slow down. I'll watch the light make its way to the dark morning because the light, it always finds a way. And I'll remind myself that life won't always look the way that it does. Change is coming and it might even be here. I'll remember the steps forward and the steps back that led me to where I am. And before I begin to move these feet, once again, I will slowly, slowly breathe in grace and exhale peace, knowing that every piece of me is here to be. And whatever may become, well, well, for now, for now I'll walk a little slower and breathe a little deeper because right now, right now I'm alive and everything is okay. It's not perfect. And that's okay, and that's what I'm learning to tell myself these days. Everything is okay. It's not perfect, and that's okay. Thanks. As the Garas come up, let's go ahead and say a morning prayer together. Father, may it be with grace and may it be with peace. May it be with hope, may it be with love, and may it be with mercy. May you be our strength and our help as we slowly take another step forward.
Amen.